Yeah, it is. I mean, really quickly, because I got to get this joke out. But like Darla turned Angel and Angel turned Drusilla and Drusilla turned Spike. So really, Darla birthed all these hoes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but like, no, but seriously. This is Alex. And this is Em. Welcome to the latest episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic. This is the podcast for TV lovers, movie buffs, and binge watchers of all ages. On this podcast, we'll be discussing what we loved, what we hated, and what's just a bit problematic about the TV and movies that we're addicted to and do a bit of rewriting where necessary. For much more exclusive content, become a show producer on Patreon and get access to after-the-episode outtakes, curated playlists, movie reviews, music video retrospectives, and so much more. On today's episode, we'll be discussing the first half of the hit Buffy the Vampire Slayer spinoff series, Angel. This series first aired almost 21 years ago, to a wave of overall skepticism because of the many failed spinoff shows that had preceded it. Yet, due to the popularity of Buffy, the huge fan base around the Angel character, and the same sort of stellar writing and acting we'd come to expect from its predecessor, Angel became an overnight success. So what is it about this particular series which caused it to win where others had failed? What's the magic formula that's kept us hooked? Stay tuned. everyone so here's some details about angel um it is a supernatural fiction action horror neo-noir serial drama and dark fantasy created by joss whedon and david greenwald angel was released on october 5th 1999 and aired from that date through may 19th 2004 on the wb for five seasons and a total of 110 episodes this is a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, as we mentioned, and the, sh- the show itself also had its own spinoff comic, Angel After the Fall, which was released for four years, from 2007 to 2011. The show stars David Boreanaz as Angel, a.k.a. Angelus, Charisma Carpenter as Cordelia Chase, Alexis Denisoff as Wesley Wyndham Price, J. August Richards as Charles Gunn, Glenn Quinn as Alan Francis Doyle, Andy Hallett as Lorne, Amy Acker as Winifred Winifred Burkle, a.k.a. Fred, and Illyria, one of the old ones, Vincent Carthizer as Connor, Angel's son, James Marsters as Spike, Mercedes McNabb as Harmony Kendall, Cordelia's high school BFF, Eliza Dushku as Faith, 
and Julie Benz as Darla, Angel's sire and later his baby mama. So <laughs> these are our major players. Let's jump into that first season. We have 22 episodes, a lot of hopes, a lot of dreams are riding on this spinoff. So yeah, so we had debated about, not debated, but we had had some discussion of like whether we were going to cover Angel or not. And you were like, mm. and I was like, no, we should. And particularly because we had talked about um, the originals, which I still am, you know, PTSD from that, watching the originals. And, uh, but I did want to cover Angel because I do think this show is like really influential in a lot of ways. Um, Cause I rewatched it the other day and I was watching it and I was like, first of all, the writing is really great. Uh, Sean Ryan, who did the shield that we just covered that we really loved was like a, a writer on Angel season two and, and the writing was really good. And I, I loved a lot of these themes that were happening on the show and, um, thematically and looking at it, I realized there's, there's something very influential about the show with regards to, I think how modern movies are structured. So I did want to take a look at it. Right now in my defense, I didn't want to do the originals either. <laughs> I, the, 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 the Michelson family was irritating enough circa TVD. I didn't want to say a whole show about them. But the cool thing about it is that it did take it in an entirely different direction. Well, not in an entirely different direction, but the focus was so, so, so vastly different from whatever was going on on TVD. Um, now, with Angel, that because we recycle so many of the elements from Buffy, um, I remember when the show aired, I think I might have watched the first two seasons before I tapped out. And it's not because the show was a bad show. It was because... I'd seen a lot of these elements before, but that being said, there was a, a lot of originality to be had. And I do think that the writers did a good job fleshing out the angel character and giving him a personality outside of being in love with Buffy. Right. Angel goes through, I mean, through all five seasons, like this really great arc and journey. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is like great. Like this is a really great show. And I think one of the reasons why Angel is so influential, looking at it now, looking at Angel and Buffy together, um, I realized uh, Buffy and Angel both really helped to create this idea of what we now understand as like a, a cinematic universe, a Wonder Woman, and you do a Wonder Woman too, or you have like the Marvel movies, or even just... Um, I think you can take this even all the way back to like Pirates of the Caribbean and like those types of movies as well. When you have a, a heavy genre show film and then you create the and then you create another film around a character in the previous film and those films are sharing characters and they're sharing a mythology, but they are but they're two separate entities. When you look at Angel and Buffy together, like Angel and Buffy together essentially spawned that idea and how to do that and make it work um, and how to make that work in a proper format. And I, I got that when I was watching the show. I was like, holy shit, like this is where all that stuff comes from. 
um, that we are so familiar with now. And I was like, wow, that's that's really crazy because um, that is so influential. Also, I think it, what Angel did specifically is that while it does borrow elements of Buffy, it is a very, in terms of the horror comedy, it's also a modern uh, neo-noir yeah, that is a genre which Buffy really wasn't on wasn't messing with that as a genre. And you can you can feel there's a change in the atmosphere, for lack of a better word, when we're dealing with Angel, especially once we get like halfway through that first season. Things are real serious really quick. Um the cinematography um also changes to reflect that. Right, right. Um and then and what also and what makes that interesting particularly they chose to put um they chose to put like a familiar genre convention of like you know noir like onto this character into this world that's also a hallmark of modern um that's also another hallmark i think of like these big modern day comic book uh movies it's it's the same thing so like captain america has like all the sort of modern genre conventions of like a war film of like your sort of standard war war movie or um black panther is very uh well black panther has a lot going on in it but black panther is kind of has a lot of the genre conventions of like a james bond or a spy or a spy film um so angel is also like that in that like you sort of take this weird larger than life character, but you put them in a familiar genre so that the audience can understand what's happening in this show. Um, and that's also another reason why I think it's very influential. So I, I, and I think all of those things are, you know, merit deserve merit. And, uh, when you have something that's doing all of this, I think it's worth, worth looking at a bit more. Right. Right. I mean, I'm I, like I said, I was not averse doing Angel. I just have like a very particular bias against spinoffs, whether it be Angel or <laughs> or the originals. Because once I finish a series, especially series that were as long as TVD or Buffy, for example, I feel so drained. The last thing I want to see is anything resembling that. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, so, that's totally fair. <laughs> like, like I remember after watching TVD, I was like, man. Feels like I just like I I, I sprinted a marathon. <laughs> so I was like I I I watched the series two or three times actually since they had aired, but I had never watched them in succession the way that I did. And then watching all the episodes back to back to back to back, I'm like, man, this show really is exhausting. <laughs> no, that's real. That's real. So, so, but getting into Angel, I do feel like it. Well, the Buffy and Angel. Um, um, each they are much 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 better paced than anything in the TVD universe. So it wasn't um, while you there's like high tension, there's lots of tension, there's lots of drama, um, you know all those big cinematic holdings. You don't feel um, as exhausted as you would watching a TVD because the episodes and the seasons are paced really well. I think probably with the exception of maybe the, the, a little bit of the fourth season and some of the fifth season, I think the show is paced really well. So let's get into angel season one a bit. So we're only going to be doing, I know it's weird cause it's like five seasons and usually we'll, if it's four, we'll try to 
pack four into one episode. But uh, we're going to do the first two seasons and then wrap up. So Angel season one, I'm not going to lie, is it's a bit clunky. <laughs> it's a bit clunky. Um, it's definitely holding on to Buffy for dear life, which I think is actually part of its success. I think that's part of, I actually thought that was like a good move for this series to really come through with all these characters from the other show and like do these crossovers and showing up of other people at first. In fact, that's the, and not even at first, because that's the foundation. Angel season one, episode one, we see Angel. He's fresh from Sunnydale and he is, you know, sad, moping about the fact that he broke up with his uh, vampire slayer girlfriend Um, and he's in LA and he's trying to do good and atone and figure out, you know, what's his purpose, what's going to be his drive. Pretty quickly, we do get these elements of neo-noir, um, of neo-noir, of like mystery, uh, like solving cases. And halfway through the pilot, City of Angels, we encounter a wonderful and very loved beloved uh, face in Cordelia Chase. Cordelia shows up in LA to hang with Angel and they solve, you know, mysteries together with his little friend Doyle, who has visions of people in need and they all go together and, and, and fight the good fight. Right. Um, I agree that it was a good move as well, because I think if the the show had revealed itself as being too different too soon, it might have alienated some viewers, right, who came into the show with Buffy in their heads. Buffy's still airing, by the way, right? Um, Because season one of Angel coincides with season four of Buffy. Right. He left at the end of season three. So we have all these expectations. Whether or not this was a conscious move on the writer's part, I think it was a good move. These shares were airing um, um, simultaneously. And I think the show needed us to feel safe before it started making bold maneuvers in different directions. Um, so we do see the Cordelia character again. We do who becomes like a, a part of the principal cast, just like she was on Buffy. And we meet a couple of other characters as Angel is setting up Angel investigations. Now you made this comment back when we were reviewing Buffy in season one, how Anya had suggested we had Buffy pay charge for her services, which is what Angel ended up doing. <laughs> right? Angel <laughs> Angel had the move. Angel's like, we gotta, people gotta pay. (laughs) Although I will say it's hilarious. Um, I do think a funny line that happens in uh, an episode later on uh, with Doyle before Wesley joins the team. Um, uh, Doyle, like Cordelia is very proudly like typing up an invoice and she's getting ready to send it out. And she goes, wow, like, Cordelia's like, wow, like our our first paying like client. And Doyle's like, sweetheart, there's a difference between money and an invoice. <laughs> right, right, right. Um oh, the Cordelia my- character is so interesting. I love her. Um, I'm so glad that Cordelia got a chance to be on Angel Show because um, if you guys remember when Buffy ends, she's going to LA to be an actress, right? 
she's trying to be an actress. Yes. Great, fine. Um, but Cordelia, I would say more than Angel, more than any other character on this show, and I'll talk about it more when we do the second half of this Angel recap, Cordelia has the single most involved, most integral, most convoluted, most cohesive character arc of any character on this show. On Angel? Yeah. Okay. Like, from the time Angel begins to the time Angel ends, Cordelia has literally been two or three different people. (laughs) Not even a (laughs) different person. She's been, like, two or three different people out here in these streets. Um, But you know what? It actually works. They find a way to make it work. Um, But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, (laughs) This show has something that I thought was really cool, uh, uh, a narrative point that's really cool. It's a demonic law firm called Wolfram & Hart. Yes, Wolfram and Heart is so great. Oh my God. Yo, I was like, snaps for the kids. This is such a great idea. Such a great idea. The concept of Wolfram and Heart is really great. And what I love about Angel and Buffy and why I think they got spinoff comics is because, like you said, they do have this cinematic universe, but they're not based off comics. They actually had to create this from scratch, essentially. And then the comics were based off them, off the shows which is a very, very different model than what we're used to seeing. You can definitely see the influence of comic books and comic book uh, genre convention from actual like panels in the shows. But I'm so glad you brought up Wolfman, Wolfman Heart because I love the, I, I too really, really, really love the idea of Wolfman Heart. Wolfman Heart is, a, like you said, it's a big evil demonic law firm and but and it's not only demonic but um they it's corporate specifically they deal with corporate law wolfram and hart uh they well girl we knew they weren't environmental lawyers (laughs) (laughs) they're not doing nothing pro bono (laughs) (laughs) and they deal in um they deal with big corporations, and I love this idea that, like, corporations, in order to do what they do, are in some way demonic. Um, right. That's a really great uh, convention. And, and Wolfram and Hart will be our big, big sort of villain throughout the run of the series on Angel. And what Wolfram Hart will eventually mean, like, what they will eventually mean to angel investigations and the angel team particularly and we'll talk about this more in season five will end up being some of some really rich thematic uh ideas and in in story and it's um it's just really great to watch so uh this angels so this first angel season one is, is a lot like buffy season one there's not like a lot there's not like a huge big thorough plot line it's definitely you know there's like a case of the week in each episode but i do want to talk about some specific things i want to talk about this faith plot line that happens yeah later on in the series as well as uh, another thing that i think the show does that's really great so Eventually, Doyle, which is the first, like, little, the dude that he sees the visions, and then they go help the people in Doyle's visions. Doyle eventually dies. I think, uh, I don't know why that actor left, uh, but 
what then ends up happening is something, once again, that I think is brilliant, which is that Wesley from Buffy uh, comes and joins the Angel team. So you have two sort of minor play who are fairly minor players in Buffy then get to bump up to principal casts and Angel. And once again, it's it's a hallmark of, I think, what this Buffy team does best, which is remembering their characters, remembering people, constantly putting people back in um, in rotation, finding new and inventive ways to tell this character's story. When Wesley comes back, there is a plot on Buffy that happens where Faith switches bodies with Buffy. Once they switch them back, Faith runs to L.A., and is on Angel, and she has this amazing uh, arc. Yeah, so you guys know, if you listen to our first two episodes ever, back in season one, Vampires, that Faith is a character that I really enjoyed. Um, not because she was such a great person, but because I feel she was so well-written. Faith's personality and neuroses are congruent with the way that she grew up and the life that she'd experienced. Her relationship with the mayor was also a reflection of that. And, but the Faith character is someone who was portrayed as consistently struggling. She had a better nature somewhere inside, but wrestled with the uglier, more compulsive, petty, mean-spirited, attention-seeking parts of herself. But she was someone who was capable of feeling pain, feeling remorse, wanting to do better. And I think one of the greatest things that Angel did... Angel the series, not Angel the character, but I mean Angel the character too, but Angel the series was allow her to have that redemption arc away from Buffy because Buffy was literally one of Faith's triggers. Being around Buffy, who in her mind was such a perfect person, really couldn't allow her to have the level of healing and growth that she needed. Um, Buffy does show up uh, later on in that first season to help Faith as well, but it's really Angel who knows what it's like to wrestle with the with your inner demons, so to speak, who um, really takes up the mantle and helping um, Faith. And Faith has that redemption arc that we were all waiting on. We were all rooting for you, girl. <laughs> and it finally happens. It finally happens in season one of Angel. Right, exactly. Um, and it's beautiful to watch. It's also the first, like you said, it's funny because Angel more than anybody knows what Faith is going through and he knows what she's going through the best. And it's something that he said on Buffy and it's something that he demonstrates on, on Angel. Um, even when, uh, and it's, it's a great episode. It's two episodes. It's five by five and, and sanctuary uh, respectively. And, uh, they're really great because um, Buffy comes to LA to to essentially like put Faith down, like to like in her mind, you know, capture a rogue slayer and really. Um, and Buffy's not coming to Faith at, at you know in the best frame of mind either. Buffy's definitely coming from a, like a revenge standpoint, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Angel is the one that has to be like, you're not gonna sit out here and like and do this buff like like I'm sorry and it's and what's actually really interesting about that moment is like that's the first time he has like ever stood up to or like had a disagreement with Buffy and and you know not followed her lead it's actually like a really huge deal for the angel character 
Um, Because back on Buffy, Angel just does, even if Angel disagrees with Buffy, he's like, whatever, you're the boss, you're in charge. Um, And this time it's like, no, he's like, no, we're going to help Faith. She is going, she's, she really knows what she did this time. Um, uh, And I'm going to help her and you don't have to help her and you don't have to feel any of that, but I do. So like, you need to get the fuck out of Los Angeles like, and go home. And it's crazy, but it's so, it's so great to watch. And it's awesome that angel can exist in that way while being its own independent thing that we can have these sort of beautiful, wonderful character arcs like that. Um, Because when faith does show up, it's really sad. Like faith, comes really to to LA to really self-suicide right 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 she doesn't really want to be redeemed and that's how you know she's hit that rock bottom she's not making excuses for her behavior she's just like you know what I don't need to be here and Faith is someone who always exhibited some level of self-loathing throughout her run on the Buffy Angel universe right Mm -hmm. this is like this is part of her personality and she's finally hit that rock bottom and Angel knows what that rock bottom feels like, but she's not like him. She hasn't lost her soul. So she she can be redeemed, and he knows that. Right, and it's it's interesting. It's, it's interesting that Angel can see that Faith coming there and attacking them or whatever is really a cry for help, <laughs> uh, unless less her wanting to really inflict real damage and more just a cry for help, and, and he gets that pretty pretty quickly more than any more than everybody it's also really sanctuary is also just like this great episode because it talks about all this stuff that i think we always talk about about you know angel gives her some really hard truths he's like listen you know you're the only person who can decide what you want for your life and you can make a change to be good that doesn't mean that the people you hurt have to accept that um, you have to do it for yourself because you want to be a better person. And it's all really like emotional and deep. And, and I really love it. Yeah, I think it's great. It's really, really great. Um, Faith's redemption, I think, was long overdue. And if she had just shown up for the very first time ever on Angel, this would have been rushed. But we've been following this character since Kendra died and she became Slayer, right? Right. So we've been following Faith for a while. Um, We're familiar with the character and we're familiar with Angel. We're familiar with Cordelia. So none of this seems rushed or forced. And I think it's so great to give her story closure away from Buffy for the reasons I previously stated. Really quickly, going back to Wolfram and Hart really quick. We have two attorneys that work for the firm. Lindsay McDonald, who you say is Angel's foil, I agree. And Lila Morgan. And they're constantly in the thick of things. They're kind of the liaisons between the firm and Angel Investigations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Lindsay character is so great. Yeah, he's Angel's foil. Lindsay, The Lindsay character is really interesting because Angel doesn't quite get him in the sense of, like, you... Lindsay knows better. He just doesn't do better. But Lindsay has his limits, which we see, like, later on in the first season where... Lindsay intervenes, helps Angel and, and the team stop the murder of three children that Wolfram and Hart has arranged for, you know, these children to die because they are like a threat to 
their evil and demonic future. Lindsay is like, Lindsay can't live with the guilt. Another element of season one that we didn't discuss yet is the character Kate Lockley. Kate is a detective for the LAPD, and she starts off as Angel's friend until she learns that he's a vampire, and then she's like, oh, hell no. I know, she is not messing with it at all. And, like, low-key, I don't blame sis. (laughs) Same. I really, I don't blame her because if I meet someone and I find out that they're a vampire, they didn't tell me, I found out, and then um, they're telling me, oh, but I'm the good kind, I don't feed on people. (laughs) Okay, fam. (laughs) Right, she's like, hmm... (laughs) Sure. Right. She, Kate's very wary of, of Angel and his whole steez, and and she should be. Although she ultimately ends up getting fired from the police force. She's a cop. Ugh, all the cops. Yeah, she's, she works for the LAPD. Like I said, she's a detective. Um, she didn't detect he was a vampire. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so we have this really great cast of characters, characters that we're already very familiar with. And characters, like new characters that are really there to up the ante. Overall, I feel like season one of Angel was very good. What do you think of Angel season one? Good, bad, or basic? I think it's solid. Like, it's clunky in some areas. I think there are parts that are, like, a little janky, but I'm going to give it a a good. Do you have any favorite episodes? Um, Yes. Uh, Episode five, Room with a View. Cordelia's haunted apartment. That's hilarious. Episode eight, I will remember you. It is like, if you love Buffy and Angel, bring your boxes of tissues to to cry. It's a it's a fanfic episode, but it's a very good one. And it works. It's an excellent episode. I will remember you. Basically, Angel becomes human and he and Buffy finally get to have sex and go to to pick go to brunch in the daylight, but it only lasts for a day. And it's it's devastating. Episode nine, hero. Uh, episode ten, parting gifts. Um, episode fifteen, prodigal. Episode eighteen, five by five. Episode nineteen, sanctuary. And then episode twenty-two, to Shanshu in L.A. Um, for me, I would probably say the opener. For me, if I don't include the opener as one of my favorites, the show really is just not that strong. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Episode one, City of. Episode three, In the Dark. This is an episode where um, uh, Angel gets a ring that lets the... um, that gives the vampire wear complete invulnerability of all their usual weaknesses, like, you know, sun, things like that, blah, blah, blah. And Angel destroys the ring. For me, this sets the tone of what we can expect from the Angel character throughout the rest of the series. Constant self-sacrifice. So I really love that episode. Number five, Room with a Vu. Room with a View, however you want to say it. Number six, Sense and Sensitivity. Um, Number 10, Parting Gifts. And number 14, um, I've Got You Under My Skin. We should mention now that the Cordelia, by season one, before season one even ends, our girl has started having visions and shit. She's not just your 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 regular high school cheerleader anymore. No, sir. When Doyle dies, he kisses her, therefore passing on his powers uh, of seeing the visions to her. Mm. And when I kiss people, all I get is saliva. But okay. <laughs> 
it is what it is. Some people get powers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she he levels her up, basically. These powers are great. They're not always great, and we'll explore that in later seasons. But he gives her the most important thing about him. Like, he literally gave this girl an inheritance of the th- thing that made him truly special. So that's love, fam. That's love. A season one just had a, hit all you know, all my, all my requirements out of the park. Yeah. I was a little clunky at first, but I feel like maybe that was like the lube, you know, before you ease into something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really love season one. I thought it was good. And I like, I like, I like a little bit of camp. I said that when we reviewed Buffy, um, that Buffy season one is my favorite. It's not the best season. I know seasons two and three are, but but season one is my favorite because I like campy shit. (laughs) Right. Um, so let's jump right into season two, also 22 episodes, and we, um, re-enter Darla. Yes. So the season actually opens with, um, yeah, the season opens with, uh, we're introduced to a new character in Lorne, who runs a demon bar. Um, where all the demons sing karaoke. It's actually a really funny gag. And by the end of the first episode, we discover that either or either the end of the first episode or the end of the, the second episode, we discover that Darla's back. Wolfram and Hart, our favorite evil demonic law firm, has raised her from wherever vampires go when they die uh, to torture angel essentially right and they don't even bring her back as a vampire they're low-key torturing her too because she comes back as a human and she has when she was human she was dying of syphilis so she still got that shit now <laughs> right she she's continuing before the master turned her yeah before the master turned her darla had syphilis and so now she's back she's human again and she's still dying from the shit that almost killed her before <laughs> Right. So outside of Angel season five, I think Angel season two is one of the strongest seasons of Angel. There's so much that's happening uh, in it. And I really, really love it. I think it's really great. Um, We get to see, you know, Angel's a person of like, complete, like, you know, he's always self-sacrificing, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have like his limits. We get to see Angel's limits really be tested, as well as sort of, I think, his penchant for self-destruction um, and the way he he sort of self-destructs under extreme, extreme stress. And, you know, something that we had talked about in the the Buffy episodes was like, it's crazy how this, this woman that he had been knowing for like 200 years, he just sort of stakes her and, it's, and that's it. Um, but and she uh, was his sire. Darla is the one who turned him into a vampire. Like that relationship runs deep, right? And exactly. And we get to in season two is when we get to really see the extent of how deep that relationship runs, and how fraught it is um, for him, and how unhealthy she is for him, and I think his sort of psyche and how all of that and all of the emotions that come with that and all of the things that he's done and feeling them and knowing them really sort of is extremely painful. It's just extremely painful. 
<laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, really quickly, because I got to get this joke out. But like Darla turned Angel and Angel turned Drusilla and Drusilla turned Spike. So really, Darla birthed all these hoes. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but like no but seriously Darla's very old and she was very very old when she turned Angel she's so old that she doesn't even remember what her real name is because Darla is the name that the master gave her this was discussed on Buffy and it means dear one and she was one of the first vampires that he created so she, she's been around she, our girl's been around but in all those hundreds of years that she walked the earth because this is not like your true blood type of vampire this is not your tvd universe type of vampire she's just been a soulless being so she hasn't learned shit and she hasn't done shit about being a, or trying to be a better person so she's another character that ultimately gets this really amazing redemption arc through the run of angel right um Darla makes the most growth in this moment in time of like, what, a year, nine, 10 months, um, where she, her character is on Angel, where she actually grows into the type of person that he always wanted her to be. But right now, she's just the woman who we ran around with that fed his worst nature. And he wasn't even a good person back when he was still human. Let's put that on the table. Angelus was a horrible person. <laughs> and... When he was a vampire, he became even worse. And she fed that. She encouraged that. And so she is a trigger for all of the worst parts of himself, um, all the parts of himself that haven't been healed, all of the things that make him ashamed, and all of, you know, a mirror to his very worst self, right? And the fact that she's human doesn't change that. <laughs> right. It don't, like, it... It just it ample it doesn't amplify it, but it does it does just it triggers it. That's all. He is back to sort of of just being triggered by all all of these things. Like so, she she shows up and she basically asks Angel to turn her into a vampire again, right? Because like she's human, she's dying of fucking syphilis, probably a strain we ain't never seen. That shit is very old. <laughs> and he doesn't. He's like, Nah, girl, I'm gonna try to help you. He does try to help her. He fails to do so, or like he succeeds, but then he doesn't get the outcome that he wants. So Drusilla shows back up in the picture. Love her. Love Drew. Um, she's a horrible person Drew. too. She's horrible too, but she she shows back up, and she basically helps her grandma, her vampire grandma Darla, to become a vampire again. <laughs> she turns right. she turns Darla back into a vampire when Angel fails um, to 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 stop what's killing her. Um, so now Darla, who's a vampire again, she and Angel have sex because he is so burdened with human consciousness, right? Like he, it's hard for him because. Remember, he's still struggling with having a soul. He's struggling very deeply with it. Um, and how those of us who've never been without our souls struggle every day, right? He's struggling with the weight of his responsibilities. So he hopes that by having sex with Darla, he'll lose his soul and he'll lose his burden because he doesn't want that shit anymore. He is making a conscious choice knowing all the terrible things that he's done as a vampire to go back down that road or try to go back down that road, right? So this is definitely like self-destructive behavior or people destructive behavior. He's been good for so long now. Um, it's like he's worked really hard to try to make amends, to try to do the right thing, to try to help people 
yeah, to try to do the thing and to try to be like a person. Like Angel's whole thing is like to do it's to do good, but then it's also to try to be human. Like not human human, but like embrace humanity and what humanity has to offer. People who are actual people, he tries not to kill them. And like, you know, he tries it's why he helps Faith. It's why he does all the things that he does. It's why there's a very pivotal scene where Darla and Drusilla have just driven him, I think, to the brink. And Wolfram and Hart have basically overplayed their hand. And Darla and Drew, and he locks all the lawyers up with Darla and Drew for them, for Darla and Drew to just feed and kill everyone, knowing that they're, and he knows that they're going to kill everyone. Um, and Wesley and Cordelia and Gunn, Gunn, who is now like a part of the team, we'll talk about Gunn in a minute, um, are horrified. They are horrified because they know that this is not their friend. This is not the person who like helped pull them all together, who like gave them paychecks um, and uh, put this team together. Like, and they say as much, they're like, you're not yourself. Like, you're going down a dangerous path. And Angel, who defers to these people, thinks about and cares about them, he fires them. He's like, everybody get the fuck out. Like, leave. Don't come back here. Which, once again, is like another self-destructive behavior for him. And then, and all of that together. And so all of these things culminate in, like you said, sleeping with Darla, trying to sleep with Darla, and not trying to sleep with Darla, he does sleep with Darla, and him trying to do that last part of destroying everything he's sort of, like, built. And Right. Yeah, for me, it was a little bit of both. Um, because, yeah, everything he did up until sleeping with Darla, I feel, was very self-destructive. But in sleeping with her with the hopes of losing his soul again, for me, that was just destructive, period. Because we know who Angel the Vampire is. He's someone that's a literal menace to society, right? Like, yeah. We know that person is not safe for anyone to be around, especially human beings. So Angel does all this stuff. Like, he basically fucks his people over. He, spoiler alert, he doesn't lose his soul when he has sex with Darla because he's not in love with her. So there's that. Um, <laughs> so he doesn't have that true moment of pure happiness that he had when he first slept with Buffy back on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But now his friends no longer trust him. Like, it's basically, he did all this stuff like an alcoholic on a bender, Right. And then he took assessment of the situation and realized, holy shit, I fucked up. So he's trying to make amends now, but they don't trust him. And it's right that they shouldn't. <laughs> TVD universe. It's right that your friends shouldn't trust you and welcome you back with open arms after one single apology. Because change behavior is the true apology. So he goes back to them and they decide to take him back, but no longer as their leader, as an employee. Wesley is in charge now. And it's actually in this starting it from this moment that Wesley makes a huge amount of growth as well. Because back when he was Buffy and Faith's watcher, he was kind of like this bumbling idiot. But now Wesley has like really grown and come into his own as a leader, right? Right. And Cordelia and Wesley are basically holding the team together at this point because Angel hasn't proven himself to be trustworthy again yet, which 
I felt was really good. Holding someone accountable, particularly the protagonist, is something we rarely see on television shows. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It was great. Really, really great. So the season rounds off with Angel saving Fred, the slave girl, who from this kind of like parallel universe. And Fred, um, by season three, she becomes a principal member of the cast and a real asset to the team. And um, Willow shows up at the Hyperion Hotel where Angel Investigations has been running to tell the group about Buffy's death because Angel season two coincides with Buffy season five where Buffy dies. Yeah. um, Yeah, they get thrown into this like basically where Lorne is from his home dimension they mm-hmm. get th- thrown there for a reason I don't remember now but um well first Cordelia goes through and they have to go rescue Cordelia although Cordelia is like made a princess the minute she gets there in true Cordelia fashion um gotta level up girl gotta <laughs> level up and they go to <laughs> rescue her and they do rescue her and they also rescue fred who is a they call her a cow because that's just what they call the humans in this dimension they're cows and bitch i'm a cow bitch uh, i'm a cow (laughs) i'm sorry controversial right now i'm so sorry (laughs) and um and they realize and they realize that Fred is from Earth, and they go and they re- they rescue Fred and, and bring her back. So I want to talk about Gunn for a second. Gunn is a really interesting character. Yes, Gunn is a really interesting character. So we, so unfortunately, Angel does an episode where they talk about race. Oh God, why? <sighs> <laughs> we didn't have to. Who asked? Oh, no one asked for this. Oh, no one asked for this. Uh, but and it's episode two. Yes, episode two. They have like a weird imitation of life episode, <laughs> and it's horrible. I had, I'm not gonna lie. I had completely forgotten that like episode had happened. But I was like, but the whole thing, the whole episode is like, oh my god, it's so bad. <laughs> now that I look at it, um, there's a demon that's like haunting the hotel and like. The demon is like feeds off of he's basically like the fear demon from Charmed. He feeds Mm -hmm. off of people's like fear and paranoia and he like he can cause it. And like and then the more he feeds is the more fearful and paranoid people become. And there's like a whole thing where like there's this girl in the hotel uh, who's living there, who's come there to be an actress, who's come to L.A. to be an actress. And this is like in like the. It's supposed to be like the 30s or the 40s or the 20s, like I think the like the 30s or the 40s. Angel's living in the hotel, and there's a private investigator that comes to like basically like harass this girl, and Angel just sort of like shoes him off, and she's like, "Gee, golly, thanks," and and. and Angel's like, well, like, why are you in trouble? And she goes, because I stole some money from a guy, from my husband. And he goes, well, that doesn't seem like so crazy. And then we later find out it's like 
she it's like really bad because like she, apparently like she's she's a quarter cup she's like <laughs> half thing <laughs> she's a quarter cup and so like that make that like ups the charges or something that makes it more serious and i was like wait a second why is this show trying to do this <laughs> quarter cup also known as quadroon also known as one black grandparent um <laughs> but yeah they tried this was basically like a Plessy versus Ferguson make it supernatural. Make it supernatural. And then, like, the whole thing is, is like, sh- people start getting paranoid about her. And in order to deflect it, she's like, she points to Angel and she's like, he's the one. He's like the weirdo. And then they hang him <laughs> from in the hotel. And I was like, wait a second. This is too much. Are they trying to like, (laughs) and it's just the fact that she's quarter cup with the fact that it's like the forties with the fact that like they, they specifically choose to hang him that I'm like, wait a second. Are they trying to be like this white man got lynched or something? (laughs) Because girl. (laughs) Yeah. That's a lot. That's That's a a lot. lot. That's so much, but it's terrible and it should not have happened. Anyway, Back to Gun. So Gun. Gun is like really interesting. We we meet Gun and he Gun is a a guy who um is houseless, I'm assuming. Uh yeah, he doesn't he he doesn't have a a home, but he is living on the streets of LA. But he leads like a team of other um kids of of color and one white kid uh and they fight like vampires on the streets of los angeles and that's how angel meets him that he's just this guy that um not this guy but he's like specifically this black kid who uh, is defending his neighborhood and in his um his friends that he lives with in kind of the sewers, I guess, um, from, from vampires and stuff. And it's really interesting because it's sort of, it's the first time that like, I think a Buffy property like engaged in an idea in this idea of like people are poor or there are people who are houseless. And, and also just this idea of like community and how community has to band together to like fight off, uh, unsavory elements. Yeah, and, it, and that you don't need to be a slayer to kill vampires. Yeah. Basically. Basically, it's like, basically, it was like um, Neighborhood Watch, Make It Slayer. Um, <laughs> it was cute, though. Like, I love it. I love this idea of, like, people policing their own communities. We could have leaned more into that. I understand why we didn't, because the show's not about gun. But I would have liked it if not just gun, but his like entire team of homies were like like freelancers for angel investigations. Right. Once gun joins the team, they the other uh, people disappear very quickly until I think next season with a really bad episode that I hate and don't like to talk about where they've quote unquote lost their way or whatever. But I would have liked to, I would, I think I'd like an entire show built around that concept. Um, I would have liked that as well. I think you could have an entire series around that concept and, and that would be fascinating because I love this idea that, let me try to start that again. 
And I like it. I like this idea because on Buffy and Angel, respectively, on both shows, it's sort of coded that Buffy and Angel fight vampires or whatever, but people who are middle class, who are rich, don't necessarily know that it's a thing that that vampires are real and, and exist, right? Mm-hmm. Because they've um, been shielded from it. Right, they've been shielded from it. And and these monsters know they have a better time just feeding on the poor because no one gives a fuck about them. <laughs> right, and we see that in Angel because Angel will work to shield people from it and so does Buffy. And I'm really fascinated about this idea that maybe like poor communities, communities of color, who I'm sure these demons prey on would have like a more sensitivity to mm-hmm. demons and vampires because they are the communities that are most affected by them. That's something that's very interesting that I wish the show would have leaned on or that I would love um, in the future since uh, they, these Buffy is going to be rebooted. I, I'd love it if they could focus around or, or think more about. That would be really interesting to me. Yeah, I like the idea as well as like its own show where we're doing like this kind of like community activism, community policing, and we can really talk about how class and race affect things, like even who becomes victim to vampires and demons. Because the truth is no one really notices when that homeless guy goes missing, right? Right. But they're going to notice when the guy in like the suburbs goes missing. They know who the the demons and the vampires and the werewolves and all of that. They know who to try, <laughs> and I think we need to we need to lean more strongly on the on how um, marginalization makes you uh, more susceptible to even demonic forces. Um, but what do we think of season two of Angel? Good, bad, or basic? I think it's good. The character arc with Angel and Darla is so strong. It's so good. That whole first half of that season, watching Angel and Lindsay in the, in the back half sort of have to work together and deal with their issues is really great. Um, the introduction of Gunn is really great. And even all these episodes, it's like three episodes where they're in this different dimension. I love it. I think this is a, I think season two is a solid good. Yeah, I said that right at the top. I think season two is really good. I think it's actually, it's, I think it's the best season of, of Angel, I'm not going to lie. And it's certainly my favorite. I like seeing this, um, I like seeing antagonists um, dealing with crisis of conscience or at war with themselves. I feel like if you can accurately depict a character who is at war for themselves, you're leaving the door open for amazing amounts of growth. And the writers of Angel did that for me. So very good on season two. Do you have any favorite episodes from this season? Um, I do. Episode five, Dear Boy. Uh, episode six, Guys Will Be Guys. That's when Wesley pretends to be Angel. <laughs> it's hilarious. Episode nine, The Trial. Episode 10, Reunion. Episode 11, Redefinition. Episode 15, Reprise. Episode 16, Epiphany. Episode 18, Dead End. Episode 21, Through the Looking Glass. And episode 22, There's No Plurts. And dot, dot, dot. Um, Some of my favorites are episode 4, Untouched. Episode 7, Darla. 
episode eight, The Shroud of Ramon, um, episode 10, Reunion, episode 13, Happy Anniversary, and episode 16, Epiphany. The episodes are strong. The seasons are very, very strong. I you don't you don't see many filler episodes in seasons one and two, and then you stop seeing them all together by season three. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, yeah, I love this show. I really, really, really loved it. I really love it. Um, I, I, I just like a lot of what's going on in it, and can't wait to talk about this uh, back half, which is banana nuts. There you have it, folks. This is everything that we think made the first two seasons of Angel good, bad, basic, and timeless. If you'd like to check out the series, Angel is currently streaming on Hulu. Please let us know your thoughts on this series via our Twitter or Instagram. If you're a GBB patron on our top two tiers, be sure to check out our Angel Spotify playlist. If you've enjoyed this episode of The Good, The Bad, The Basic, be sure to share it with your friends. Tune in next week when we'll be discussing the back half of this iconic spinoff. Follow The Good, The Bad, The Basic on all major podcast platforms to listen to our regular weekly episodes on the go. Leave us a review on your preferred platform and share our weekly episodes on your social media. Please follow us at The Good, Bad, Basic on Twitter and at Good, Bad, Basic Pod on Instagram to get in on our daily content. Also, be sure to follow our SoundCloud page, The Good, The Bad, The Basic. If you love this sort of content and want more, become a show producer and patron on Patreon. You can find us at patreon.com forward slash goodbadbasic. Your support allows us to keep bringing you our regular weekly episodes as well as exclusive bonus material. Until next time, bye everyone.